Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. So Jordan, guess what? What? You know, every so often somebody will tweet at me or email me and say, hey, do you drive a Volvo station wagon with a license plate that says Max Fun on it? Mm-hmm. And I do. Uh, and so they usually have followed me in traffic without like waving at me or they're just creeping around on me. It's fine. Sure. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to know you're being watched. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a feeling that everyone loves. <laughs> well, that way I don't get taken. <laughs> oh, yeah, As in sure. the film Taken. Yeah, you got to look out. And uh, I know your dad, Liam Neeson, is uh, on his yearly sabbatical. So while he's while he's on his vacation, you stand the most risk of being taken. Uh, so I am thinking about I'm thinking about given, you know, given how conspicuous it is, it feels a little braggy. Like I was just excited that it wasn't taken, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean the license plate. I but they, I was excited that they were taken in the movie Taken. That's what makes it so exciting. <laughs> sure, and I, and I think everything worked out for the best. Yeah, his uh, daughter got to go on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> she learned to appreciate her dad and to um uh and to distrust her uh, mom's uh, cuck of a new husband. <laughs> next okay the next time you watch taken yeah out there you jesse you brian our listeners the next time you're watching taken the next time you're surfing by fx and you're like i'm gonna stop here for a little minute uh just imagine just imagine that it is a movie written by your divorced uncle like imagine <laughs> that he who's the saddest divorced member of your family think of that person and now while you're watching Taken, imagine that they wrote it to get revenge on everyone who mocked them, and yeah. then the 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 movie goes from ten to fifteen. Got it. Noted on a ten point scale. It's already a ten. So I basically I basically got this license plate that yeah. says Max Fun because right. I looked it up. I was like, look at that. That's available. Sure. And I I kind of thought it'd be neat to have the the black license plate. You know, here in California, if you get the custom plate, you can get the orange on black I, my car's black i thought mm-hmm. it looked nice and you know the money goes to wales or something so i was there like you yeah, go. yeah i was gonna ask there's a to lot wales. of sure you love wales you're always talking about how majestic they are breaching blowholes <laughs> sure. barnacles the baleen. distinctive the distinctive tail patterns on humpbacks sure they're beautiful not to i mean not to mention we haven't even mentioned their beautiful songs yeah so and I also, you know, legendary baseball player Willie Mays, he, he has, through his, through his life, always driven a car with a license plate that says, Say Hey, which mm-hmm. is his famous catchphrase. And I always thought, well, if it's good enough for Willie Mays, you know, I can put my thing on my thing without sure. being a jerk. But I, now I'm reconsidering. So you got, you, did you get a new I've Been Watching You tweet? I'm going to put in, no, I'm just, I'm, th- I'm, I'm putting in a new application. For a new plate. Yeah, because I want to keep the black plates, but I want it to be reflective of my new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So uh, seven seven letters. It's uh, CBT, mm, CBD. 
Hell yeah, baby. I don't listen. I don't know what I don't know what the first thing stands for. Cognitive behavioral therapy, baby. Oh, nice. Let's arrest those thought patterns. That's <laughs> making friends with my anxiety. Um have you thought uh, just a, just another pitch. I mean, I think yeah. CBT in CBD is great. Yeah. It's yeah. a 10, but it could be a 15. Like the movie Taken, if you imagine it was written by your saddest divorced relative. Yeah. Um, have you thought, since, you know, since you've, since you have these issues around, you know, people sneaking, snooping, spying, have you thought that you could kind of reverse that if your license plate just said, not Jesse? <laughs> N-O-T-J-E. Yes, I mean, you know, you'd have to lose one of the S's, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I did put that, but I didn't realize, I didn't even think of it. This is how f- bad of a spy or counter spy I am. I didn't even think of it as throwing people off the trail. I, I just did it because uh, I like the other girls on Saved by the Bell better. <laughs> You're a Lisa Turtle man. Yeah. Tory for a brief period. Yeah. Uh, let's... <laughs> Let's say before we before we introduce our guest, let's mention it is the Max Fun Drive. Maximum yes. Fun, of course, is supported by your memberships. Uh, we is like about three quarters of our total revenue, seventy percent, three quarters, right in there, comes from uh, memberships from listeners. And this is the one time a year that we actually come out and and ask you. Obviously, it is a it is a weird time if you're not able. Uh, we understand entirely, but if you are able, uh, it is the lifeblood of our organization. Yeah, it totally makes sure that this show and all the shows on Max Fun uh, keep coming. Um, it's the reason that they're here. It's the reason that we do them. So yeah, if you go to maximumfun.org/join, you can support this show. You can support all the shows, and uh, you can get some really cool stuff, uh, gifts. Uh, hundreds of hours of bonus content uh so yeah if you're if you're if you're looking if you're looking for content uh in these content strapped times uh head on over there to maximumfund.org slash join lots of good stuff in there yeah let's introduce our guest you know him as one of the hosts of the flop house you know him as a television comedy writer you know him as the guy whose pool i use once in a while because he was nice enough to say that I could bring my family over and use his pool. Use it for what? Elliot Kalen. Uh, hi. Thank you. It's, thank you so much for having me here. That's a very good question, Jordan. Yeah, I mean. Often, Jesse will just text me when I'm out of the house, and he'll just say, used your, what you are, used your pool. That'd be a good license plate. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'll, just, I'll just come back, and, I don't, and I, the filter is working overtime uh, wow. after one of those visits. So I don't know what he's doing in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> shaving his entire body <laughs> you have you have that sign that says welcome to our pool notice there is a p in it let's keep it that way mm-hmm, so i pee yeah. in there every time <laughs> oh so elliot you have one of the rare novelty pool signs asking for urine in the, in the pool <laughs> not a novelty sign not a novelty sign sir a very serious <laughs> sign when i was a kid i i heard about this book uh you may have heard it's by the ignatius powell Freely, uh, the Yellow River, I buy IP Freely. And it always <laughs> captivated me. And I've always been like, I want to find that river. And I could not find it. So I decided to make it for myself. 
Wow. And that's why we have the, I think the only pee tolerant pool, certainly in our neighborhood, if our neighbors complaints or anything to go by, but possibly in all of Los Angeles. Now I know where to go and to jump into if I ever get uh, stung by a jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Clear right I'll up. Just, I'll just, if I get stung by a jellyfish at the beach, I will just drive over to your place. <laughs> drive and, across uh, Los Angeles. Drive to across the east Los side. Angeles. <laughs> so we're nowhere near the beach. Probably about, you know, an hour if there's traffic, and I'll just cannonball <laughs> right into your uh, mostly urine pool and uh, <laughs> disinfect that wound. Joke's mm-hmm. on you, jellyfish. Mm hmm. Man of peace, more like. <laughs> oh, right. Instead of a man of war. Yes. He's like, I'm tough. I'm a. I'm a man of war jellyfish. Uh-uh. This war just got ended. Diplomatic status revoked. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Little, so, little did you know my friend has a pool full of urine. <laughs> <laughs> now you'll never be able to put things into your pouch that uh, my customs officials aren't allowed to inspect because mm-hmm. the diplomatic status got revoked. And that's how I won my Nobel Peace Prize. Nice. <laughs> Uh, Elliot, are you, is this, is this the first pool you've ever had? Are you a pool guy typically? Do you like summertime sports, Marco Polo, that sort of thing? I'll answer those questions in order. Yes, no, no. Mm-hmm. This is of the first pool. As a, as someone who spent most of his life in New Jersey and New York, I had, did not own a pool before this. Uh, and I did have a friend with a pool in New Jersey, and it seemed an extravagant waste. But he also had an indoor pool, which they could use year-round. That's right. I had a rich friend when I was a kid. And uh, Wait, but, you knew somebody who had an indoor pool? Yes. not only, th- But that wasn't what impressed me. What impressed me as a kid was that they had two TVs next to each other, one for cable, one for video games. That's right. I was playing Whoa. Gex. I was playing Gex and Crash Bandicoot while watching television. <laughs> so you could play, you're saying you could play Gex and watch Dana Gould's half-hour mm-hmm. HBO special at the same I, time? You I were could, getting double double Gould? I could double Gould it, uh, in, in theory. Listen, I know most people around that time were double Goulden, but me, <laughs> I loved a little Blasto and Taxi Cab confessions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I've I never been Phil much Hartman of... was the voice of Blasto. Was he? Oh. I think so. R.I.P. Okay, I'll believe it. Because uh, I don't, I, I don't have a, any sort of computer in front of me that I could find any piece of information in the history of the world. Uh, <laughs> but I, this is, uh, I was never much of a sunshine guy. But as I get older, I enjoy because I'm a dad now, hanging around with my shirt off, and the pool gives me an excuse to do that. Hell yeah. I gotta say, Jordan, I don't know if you've seen Elliot with his shirt off, but no, it's I quite haven't. a show. Mm. Oh yeah, is it a is it a gun show? Is that the kind of show? It is a fur show. Uh, <laughs> it's more of a, of a well. It's so like... Let's not stop blaming those <laughs> clogs on Jesse. Then <laughs> it is no. That's fair. I was once told by a coworker at a uh, at a beach event that. Uh, I combined two very different Jewish stereotypes of the the frail, nerdy Jew and the hairy, old country Jew. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. Appreciate it. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Yes, Phil Hartman did voice Blasto. Good. I'm glad. so glad that got cleared up. Thank you. Right. Uh, Can you imagine the embarrassment if it had been Tim Meadows? <laughs> I mean, I never would have been able to live. I would never would have been able to show my face on this podcast again. No, you'd have to wear a mask. It was Ellen Cleghorn this whole time. <laughs> Sorry, Elliot. But uh, yeah, now so now no no, my family loves living the pool lifestyle, and we're just always you know it's today we we were in there today. Uh, I have my two young sons are 
constantly looking for reasons to not wear clothes in the pool. And so I'm <laughs> always worried that someone will stop by and think that's weird and I'll be in trouble. <laughs> Uh, what do you what 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 do you got in there? In a, in addition to nude children, you got noodles. Do you got alligators? Big we've got inflatable yeah, donuts. We, we've got a real alligator. Wow. <laughs> so, well, we bought when we bought him. He was little. Yeah, but sure. Get, they, we have noodles, and we have a uh, uh, a gift, a housewarming gift from one Dan McCoy, who you may know as my co-host on the Flophouse podcast, one of my two co-hosts there. He got us an enormous pool floaty in the shape of a Tyrannosaurus with an open mouth, or it's the Tyrannosaurus' hey. head with its mouth open, so you can relax in the sun in the open mouth of a Tyrannosaurus, which normally would not be the most relaxing place yeah. to bask in the sun. It's great, too. It'd be a- it kind of hinges where the where the mouth of the dinosaur would hinge. So like when you put your butt into that area, it kind of chomps you. <laughs> yeah, it's a comforting job. Yeah. Man, pool pool toy technology really has come a long way. I was I was, you know, when I when I was getting into when I was just leaving, you know, goofing around in the pool age, that's when the noodle was starting to become very very popular. Yeah. Um and it seems like, you know, noodles just had the run of the place for years and years, but now it seems like inflatable novelties are kind of what's next yeah yeah look over your shoulder noodles i i guess yeah. uh they're nipping at your heels literally in the case of a tyrannosaurus mouth that kind of bites you a little bit the main thing that people did at the pool by my house when i was a kid was stab each other a lot of stabbings the pool in my town the public pool had fewer stabbings and more old paperbacks in a spinner rack that you could just borrow <sighs> oh that's wow. nice what's, what's in there uh boxcar children the only, it's funny you mentioned Boxcar Children. Uh, some good, close friends of mine are obsessed with the, those books and today texted me just to tell me to read them to my children, just to recommend them. And I was like, I, you've <laughs> you've recommended Boxcar Children before. Thank you, Matt and Xenia. I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, but uh, the only book I remember being in the paperback spinner rack at my public pool was Coma, uh, the medical thriller. <laughs> oh, I imagine it's like, you know, what is this, mid-80s, late-80s, probably a lot of lonesome mm-hmm. doves in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You bet. I, there was probably a, a pretty fair selection of lonesome doves and Louis L'Amour novels, and then a lot of, like, uh, Robin Cook and John Grisham and that kind of stuff. Maybe a know? leftover Maybe. Shogun from the late 70s? Maybe It's a, a pretty Shogun. thick book. It doesn't fit easily in a spinner rack, but if it was, then someone was in for a treat, because that is a great like that's a fun page turner. Every uh, the pool in my neighborhood growing up was on just off Army Street, which is now Cesar Chavez Street in San Francisco, and it was right next to a big uh, housing project that I think these days is uh, they they rebuilt it maybe ten or ten or fifteen years ago, and uh, it's a sort of townhouses now, uh, but it was pretty rough back then, and. Like it would open for the summer. It was an outdoor pool and, you know, relatively short season for outdoor pooling in San Francisco, but uh, it would open for the summer and it would be open for like 10 days, 14 days, and then someone would get stabbed and then we would have to take the BART all the way to Balboa Park. The Balboa Park one was more just like old people swimming laps in a sad gray indoor pool. But still the occasional stabbing. Yeah, well, a little stab, a little stab will do you. That's what they. That's what they say. The greatest generation. 
<laughs> at sure. the pool, at that pool where you that you grew up near, were you allowed to bring objects with you out of the locker room and to the pool? Because the pools in New York City, you cannot bring anything but a towel and sunscreen with you out of the locker room. No other objects are allowed. I think for that reason of avoiding stabbing. Just shivs. Only shivs. That was the rule. Only shivs? Yeah. Okay. Well, because what if somebody tried to stab you? You wouldn't want to be caught bringing a towel to a stab fight. That's fair. Well, I mean, but you could wrap it around their, their stabbing arm and then pull that's, it kind of towards you, but away. And then you pop them one with the other fist. Yeah, yeah, that's fair true enough, Jackie Chan. Fair enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's from Jackie Chan's pooly story. Oh. oh Listen. Wow. Just... just just blend action and comedy in a revolutionary way <laughs> that changes <laughs> cinema forever. Love the idea. The idea of some guy who's like, "Eh, Jackie Chan's not so great. I could have blended action and comedy in a revolutionary way." <laughs> I, <laughs> watch I, me I with this. Touch me with this towel. I could. I could have made my body the ultimate special effect. Come on. <laughs> He's not so great. I've actually been. I've been watching a lot of Jackie Chan movies lately because that is my like one of my that's certainly my favorite kind of uh i don't know what you call it uh junk movie you know what i mean like uh, maybe submarine movies is on top of that but uh mostly i which is ironic because the submarine would normally be below everything yeah Mm. and i'll but Mm. i'll buy like if i'm at the thrift store uh in the in the days when i went to the thrift store if i'm at the thrift store and i'm looking at the vhs tapes and there's a jackie chan movie i haven't seen i will buy it every time and then i'll take it to my cabin and i'll watch it and there is no type of film I've ever seen in my entire life that better combines the greatest shit you've ever seen in your life with the boringest shit you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> like every part of a Jackie Chan movie where he's not having a fight that is the most amazing thing in the history of the world is just tedious to the point where you can almost not make it to the next fight but then the next fight happens and you're like this is legitimately the greatest thing ever filmed like this is better than the part where Chaplin's hanging off the clock tower this is I mean, perfect that part doesn't exist so that's why we better than that that's Harold Lloyd that was hanging off the clock tower in safety last mm, thanks but, dork hey you know what thanks for playing <laughs> appreciate it but I just say it, I think it, it casts uh, it casts a pall on your uh, on your choosing to call Jackie Chan's movies junk cinema when you're like, yeah, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton was like, uh, I don't know, with Deep Throat or something. I don't know. And uh, like a chest burster came out of his chest and then he was a ghostbuster. I don't know. Forget about it. Hey, movies. <laughs> It's me, Jesse. Remember that part in The Godfather when Teen Wolf was like, hey, get off my plane. <laughs> That's my impression of Jesse. <laughs> I mean, it is uncanny. It's a little hairier than I am, but besides <laughs> that, it's pretty much perfect. Shit, dude. You just got Kalen. Kalen. Bam. No, but you're right. There is a uh, th- that's like a, when I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of monster movies, and I'll watch those movies now. And the scenes that are not monster focused, when it's just people talking, I'm like, wow. When I was seven, I could sit through this no problem. But now, approaching forty, I'm having a lot of trouble sitting through this long dialogue scene about nothing. So, I guess the the real thing is, I guess that you just have to watch supercuts from now on. On the YouTube. That's the only reason, the only thing to watch. I've been trying to figure out how to avoid having to watch the movie Godzilla and Son. Is that what it's called? <laughs> it's called oh, Son, of Son of Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Godzilla <laughs> and Son I, is the I, 70s sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the hardware supply store. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hearts. Uh, you mean after I after I recommended it highly to your child? Yeah. So my child and I watched. Uh, my my child is really interested in in monsters, as Elliot is, and it's great because I just let Elliot be her dad in that area. <laughs> and and uh, she and I watched Godzilla, which is a pretty good movie. Uh, I I liked Godzilla a lot, and. I, which uh, which one did you watch? The all Japanese one or the one with uh, Raymond Burr in it? I watched the all Japanese one. Uh, yeah, but the, that's I, this is like the world's coldest movie take. I mean, this is Die Hard as a Christmas movie level cold at this point. But uh, man, yeah, that original Godzilla I rewatched recently and was just like blown away by how like <laughs> you know sad and meaningful and melancholy it is it was it was it's it's amazing yeah so yeah. i didn't know i knew that it was a parable like i knew sure. the thing i knew the general outline sure it's about nuclear war etc 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 i did not know how unrelentingly bleak it is except for the parts yeah. where godzilla is throwing cars around tokyo <laughs> <laughs> which are hilarious, it's delightful, but the rest of it is really blue uh, in terms of mood, uh, not in terms of vulgarity. <laughs> yeah, he's not like humping buildings or anything like that. Well, I mean, it like, sure. it like no, spoiler alert for Godzilla 1958 or whatever, but uh, it ends with just a really tragic suicide. <laughs> and, um, uh, and my daughter did not even notice. So I'm sitting there like, my emotional life is a mess. The world is a mess around me. How am I going to make it through this bleak movie? My daughter just was like, I don't know. I thought the parts were kind of boring where he wasn't laying waste to a city, but I love those parts where he was laying waste to a city. (laughs) And then somehow she found out about this Godzilla and Son movie. Uh, which we w- Godzilla and Sons the the, uh, the plumbing business yeah yeah well, like we watched a clip of it on YouTube and <laughs> did you watch the one where he's teaching Minya how to breathe fire yes I presume that's Godzilla's son and he's he's blowing smoke rings yeah and then he stomps on his tail and Minya breathes fire that's tough love uh, that I was that's like good parenting this is tremendous this I love however I believe I have gotten the full Godzilla and Son experience <laughs> like, well. I would say the idea of probably, watching that for ninety yes. minutes. <laughs> well, you're in luck because you don't actually watch that for ninety minutes. You watch that for about a half hour spread out over ninety minutes, and the rest of it is Japanese people on an island going, "Oh, it's very interesting." Yes, this is very interesting. Did you see those giant praying mantises? We'll call them gymantises. Ha! Huh, that's a very good name for them. This is very interesting. Look, it's Godzilla. Yes, that's an interesting. What do you think, Doctor? Well, it's very interesting. That's all I can say. But what do we do if Godzilla wakes up? Mm, well. We'll have to figure out something. That is interesting, Doctor. Like, that's most of the movie, as most of Godzilla movies are either military officials or politicians or scientists talking about how interesting things are or how dangerous things are. And then there's, and then you'll get Godzilla punching a monster who has hooks for hands and a laser beam eye uh, for, you know, a, a small amount of that. You're talking about Gigan. Yeah, specifically Gigan, who appeared in two different Godzilla movies. That's right, two, 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 repeat, Gigan. All by his lonesome, and then backing up his bro, Megalon. Now, oh, yeah. here's the thing about Megalon. He had even less practical hands than Gigan. Gigan's <laughs> hands were at least hooks. Megalons are kind of like uh, stone skyscrapers, but hands. <laughs> like, if someone's hands were the Chrysler building, that's Megalon. So, uh, Anyway, I think uh, what I guess what I'm saying is, Jesse, is you're in for a treat. <laughs> Look at Megalon. Get- <laughs> <laughs> they really Just are. Get- 
get those movies and uh, fast forward through the scenes that don't have monsters in them. I give you my full permission. Uh, no, what I'm going to do is encourage you to get a pool TV, and then you and you and Grace can watch Godzilla and Sons, and uh, I'll just swim in the pool. Oh, I mean, I would love it. There was there was a there was a night a few weeks ago where uh, Turner Classic Movies had a bunch of Harryhausen movies on in a row, and I regretted afterwards that I did not text you to tell you to record those for her because they have great. It's all the great stop motion monster effects, uh, which have a certain amount more artistry, I would say, than the giant monster in a rubber suit things. The real artistry with the rubber suit monsters is the buildings that the, the miniature buildings that are being destroyed are always beautiful. And it makes me tear up a little to be like, you were made only to be destroyed. But I guess that's all of us, isn't it? Life. <laughs> Thanks, Elliot. Yes. Wow. You yes. really Godzilla won <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, somebody add in uh, Raymond Bird to make it more palatable, palatable to American audiences. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Elliot Kalen, grown up baby. Uh, it's great to have you. <laughs> great to have you on the program, Elliot. We we are all grown up babies at the end of the day, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I f- I figured that was more universal than the other I- the other name I was uh, I was playing with for this, which was unspeakable eldritch horror from the nameless edges of a cold oblivious universe. But after what you said about Godzilla, I was just like, you know what? He needs a pet me pick me up. I'll remind him about how at heart we're all grown up babies. Is does Megalon have like a perp a silver flower growing out of his forehead? Yes, I think that's supposed to be some sort of antenna. He's was his design clearly started as some sort something insectoid and then went off into the possibly LSD fueled imagination of a Japanese costume designer of the nineteen seventies. He's surprisingly uh, Art Deco influenced. <laughs> he is uh he's probably the most far out of the Godzilla villain designs. I he's no smog monster. Uh, yeah, but the smog monster ultimately looks like what he's supposed to be, which is smog. Megalon that is true, yes. <laughs> does not look like <laughs> Megalon, a mega. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he's supposed to be. It's like they they had Gigan, and it's like okay, his eye looks like Cyclops's visor, and he's got hooks for hand and a beak, and he's literally got a razor blade that spins in his belly, so he can walk up to you and just cut you with his belly. How do we top this one? Well, Shoji. This is, you're, you got your work cut out for you. I'm going to leave, and you just do whatever it takes to get some ideas in your head. And then he just did it, you know? He just went on walkabout and came back, and he goes, okay, he's a big insect. He's got the Chrysler building for arms. And the, uh, and the executives at Toho Studios were like, don't even tell me anymore. Just make the suit. I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> we have to make nine of these things this year. <laughs> we've got to keep we've got to run this series into the ground before someone else does. We have to make nine of these and four lone wolf and cubs. I don't know if that was the same studio. I don't know if Toho did Lone, Lone Wolf, but uh, it's, I don't think they did, but you never know. Toho was one of these studios that, like, they did Godzilla movies, they did Kurosawa movies. They're a movie studio, you know? What are you going to do? Uh, but the, uh, the uh, I don't know if you guys, you, uh, Jordan, you must have seen Shin Godzilla. We must have talked about it at some point, right? Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Shin, yeah, the Shin most, Godzilla wait, great. Sinead Godzilla? The Irish Godzilla? Uh, yeah, Sinead Godzilla. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, he uh, he he uh, burns up a picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live with his nuclear breath, and it causes a real scandal. Mm-hmm. It's amazing looking back 
uh, that's one of many times in American cultural history and American history in general when uh, a woman made a point about something and people ignored the point and were like, you did that in the wrong way. I don't like you because you did that in a way I didn't like. What was the point you were trying to make? I don't even care. Forget it. Yeah. Sinead O'Connor rules. It's nice that was the only time that happened. Did that sound sarcastic when I said that Sinead O'Connor rules? Because I legit think that Sinead O'Connor, I'm a really big Sinead O'Connor fan. Uh, I only know, I think, a couple of her songs. Man, she's great. Nobody can nobody can blow like Sinead O'Connor. She can sing her butt off. She's, uh, she's uh, a colorful character who may or may not have a consistent full-time connection to the... Uh, the world of the less colorful, but um, man, is she she great talent? Wonderful. I just hope she gets her butt off, her butt back after she sang it off. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, it's the Max Fun Drive. Let's talk about the Max Fun Drive for a second. <laughs> uh, nothing compares to you, Max Fun Drive. The Godzilla of fundraisers. <laughs> Uh, we we actually have had we've had uh, audience members calling in uh, to talk about uh, Max Fun and what the Max Fun and Max Fun Drive mean to them. Let's hear one of those calls. This is Delaney from Pittsfield, New Hampshire. Um, I'm a Max Fun member because the podcasts and shows here have made it easy to smile when smiles felt impossible. And also sometimes easy to sleep when sleep felt impossible. Thank you, everybody. Our show is the latter. <laughs> <laughs> when smiles felt impossible, that, uh, man, geez, that sounds like um, a video they show you in health class. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, can, I can honestly... We're... Max, Max, fun, uh, Max Fun shows uh, fun podcasts and a warning against the horrors of venereal disease. <laughs> I can I can say very honestly, uh, and I've said I've told Elliot this, I've told Dan and Stu this, but um, you know I've gone through the the last few months have undoubtedly been the hardest of of my life, and um, there definitely have been times for me when uh, when smiling seemed impossible, and their show The Flop House was one of the things that I turned to that has always felt like an incredible comfort to me. In fact, I was bummed out earlier today and I turned on the flop house to ward away the uh, bummer paralysis. Um, you know, the the world is a tough place, not just now, but in general. And I, I am, I'm proud of all the Max Fun shows that bring some light into people's lives. Um, uh, or ho- however they do it. You know, we got, a, we got a lot of different light delivery systems, but um, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm proud of our, I'm proud of our work for that reason. And I'm also grateful for it because, uh, uh, it's something that I turn to when, when I'm having, when I'm in a tough spot. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, you know, I, uh, I am a big podcast listener myself and, um, a lot of my favorite shows are max fun shows and, uh, and yeah, and definitely when, uh, you know, shit gets intense, it is nice to have, you know, podcast friends in your ears being funny and you know delivering you you know some good vibes um when good vibes are scarce and certainly the flop house is one of those shows uh for me as well and yeah it's 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 just nice to know that max fun shows can can keep going indefinitely as long as people support them um because yeah because i mean a lot i've mentioned this before but a lot of times podcasts go away because they become hard for the hosts and producers to make and um 
and yeah, and the Max Fun system is so awesome that you know, as long as people like the shows and want to support them, they can keep going. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's really awesome, and uh, and I am glad that like the shows I love are gonna keep coming. So um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's really great, and it's a, it's a great way to do business, and I'm glad this is how uh, Max Fun uh, raises its money. Yeah, if if you're not able to right now become a member, we understand this is a time when a lot of folks are in that position. If you are able to, uh, we are immensely grateful. Memberships start at five bucks a month, which gets you literally hundreds of hours now of bonus content, including some bonus content that we just recorded uh, with Elliot's co-hosts, uh, Stu and Dan from the Flophouse, uh, an all Goggins Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> In which we play yes. both previously released and previously unreleased Goggins tunes. Uh, well, actually, some of them came out on some uh, seven inches in Japan. Okay, fair enough. Some are imports. Yeah, there's some imports on there. Uh, Elliot, speaking of uh, bonus content, what kind of Flophouse bonus content have you guys made over the years? Uh, well, first, I want to say thanks so much for your kind words about uh, the podcast, and I definitely feel that way about JJ Go as well. It's a real pick me up in times when I am low. Uh, also, I apologize. It's all—I never know if whether I should jump into other people's pledge breaks. So I apologize if I was silent through that. Get in here. Pretend it's a urine-filled pool. <laughs> okay, uh, but uh, some of our uh, Flophouse Boko, as uh, we call bonus content, because it reminds us of the short-lived drink Boku that Richard Lewis used to do advertisements four years ago. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. The, that. Uh, we have, we have Stuart likes to run us through uh, role-playing games. Dan, me, and our uh, friend of the podcast, Juman Parang, who is the – what's his role at The Daily Show now? He's some kind of executive producer or something, I think. Anyway, uh, he's, a, he's a hilarious uh, writer and performer. And uh, Stuart likes to run us through a role-playing game that he seem, he pretty much has designed, I guess, and it's set in the 30s, but it's like – a Lovecraft kind of 30s, but we're solving mysteries. And this latest series, I thought every time we do one of these, I assume it's going to be like three parts. And this latest one, I think, is like somewhere between, it might be around six chapters or eight <laughs> chapters. It's a lot of bonus content. And we go into outer space, and my, my character uh, ends in a strange way that is I did not expect when we started. And so, not ends like it's dead, but ends up in a strange way. And uh, so there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of Flophouse, if anything, too much. Flophouse bonus content. Uh, I ask you to please not cancel your pledges when you see how much Flophouse bonus content you're going to have to listen to. But then uh, in the past, uh, we've had some of those games, and we have some older bonus content for anyone who would just like to become a member now, where we talked about old TV shows and things like that that we watched. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of Flophouse boco out there. Everybody who uh, donates five bucks a month uh, gets that. If you want to raise it to ten bucks a month, you get a Max Fun membership card, uh, a cool pin uh, featuring a logo from the show of your choice. Uh, and twenty bucks a month, uh, you get a Max Fun game pack, which has a custom dice, uh, playing cards, uh, all with Max Fun designs. Uh, MaximumFun.org/slash/join. And if you're already a Max Fun member. But you're not quite ready to bump your membership from uh, the level you're currently at all the way up to the next one. This year, we've added boosting. So you can go to MaximumFun.org slash join, and you can boost your level up a, a few dollars even, or uh, e even a little more if you'd like. Uh, wh whatever you feel comfortable with, um, you, can, you can bump, bump, bump it up just a little at MaximumFun.org slash join. 
Um, above all of this, uh, we know that there are folks out there who are listening to this dumb show to give themselves comfort in really tough times, people who are doing really tough work. Um, we hear from a lot of people who uh, work overnights, people who uh, work in healthcare, first responders, uh, folks who are working at grocery stores, making sure that everyone can eat, um, people who are doing childcare and teaching uh, in person right now. Um, and we are grateful to all of you and, and uh, we're grateful that we get to do uh, this job and, and provide a little, a little distraction in your life. It's, it's something we're very proud of and uh, we're, we're grateful that you chose us. So yeah, MaximumFun.org uh, slash join. Um, it really, really means a lot. Um, yeah, even five bucks a month is uh, is is awesome, and it uh, it makes sure all these shows keep coming. So we we really appreciate everybody who goes to MaximumFun.org slash join. And uh, yeah, hopefully you're enjoying that bonus content. Uh, we always love to hear from people who are uh, who are enjoying that. So. Uh, yeah, hit us up on Twitter if you're uh, if you're doing the drinking game. There's a Jordan Jesse Go drinking game this year, um, so uh, so yeah, we definitely uh, love to hear from people who are out there yucking it up and getting fucked up. <laughs> yucking and fucking. That's yucking the and JJ fucking. Go. <laughs> That's slogan. our motto. Classic YNF. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ellie Kalen, grown up baby. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, you added it through in a little W in there this time. Yeah, huh? I, I actually, I actually regressed slightly. I may be Benjamin Buttoning. I apologize for that. <laughs> it's okay. Jordan loves when we talk like little babies. <laughs> oh, boy, I baby really voices. don't. It sucks. It fucking oh, sucks. J- Jordan Morris. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's this. I, I have a character that I did once on the Flophouse called Film, Film Noir Baby. Who's uh-huh. a baby who talks about how film noir movies. It's like, mm, when you think about it, maybe Big Sweep isn't a. Uh, orthodox film noir in that it has a happy ending but i think it's got a, a bit similar structure and it's from the same time period and uh my son loves it when i do that and my wife hates it so sometimes at the dinner table uh my son will just be like hey film noir baby <laughs> and, my wife, and my wife is like no please don't no so it's like you're being interviewed by james lipton he's like Elliot, is Film Noir Baby here? Can we (laughs) uh, we talk to Film Noir Baby? Let me see. Let me see if I can conjure him, James. Hold on a second. Uh, uh, Yes, yes, I'm here. I was just watching Double Indemnity. (laughs) (laughs) I like that he's not just converting letters into W's, but adding W's to letters. Yeah. Like, Like one thing if it was called Double Indemnity... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, he's like babies talk. This is how babies talk. We've all heard babies. They all talk like this. Mm, well, I'm a widow baby. <laughs> the Maltese Falcon is the classic McGuffin. 
it's now I don't even get me started on the neo noirs of the mm. 70s to the 90s. Yes, You've got your sure. one goodbyes and your wedlock wests, but uh, I'm really <laughs> I my like specialty the, is more. I like uh, the yoga scene in the Wong goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy some 70s nudity. <laughs> Film noir baby was full bush. <laughs> <laughs> This guys, this is not canon for film noir baby. <laughs> no, film noir this baby. is all. This all counts. I pl- Tell I, I pl- it to your six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather watch a uh, kind of a lesser fifties film noir like Side Street or perhaps Crossfire or. <laughs> <laughs> or okay. Quiz Quas. Crossfire is is not one I wish I would call. Well, I guess Crossfire is kind of a film noir, even though it's more a statement about Wait, anti-Semitism. Chris Cross had uh, a film noir in the fifties. There is a film noir called Crisscross. It's not actually about the it's just musicians. A long, Criss Cross. It is a, it's a long Sprite commercial, right? <laughs> but in it, in it, Robert Mitchum does wear his clothes backwards. Just go. <laughs> yeah, it's a lifesaver when you need thirst quenching, like a kiss with a lime and twist. <laughs> If I if I could take this moment to promote a uh, a movie I had nothing to do with, which is a Robert Mitchum film noir from years ago called Where Danger Lives, uh-huh. which has uh, one of my one of the moments that I think is the most bizarre of any film noir movie, where he this he's been in love with a married woman, he it, is under the impression that he has killed her husband, and now they're on the run, and at a certain point, I think he gets a concussion, so he's not thinking clearly, and they get stopped in this town, and the guy is like, "Hey, you're under arrest." He's like, "Uh, what, what, what officer, officer?" And he goes. For not wearing a beard. It's the beard festival. Throw him in the jail. Any man without a beard gets thrown in jail for the night. And it's like the craziest moment that they're in this little town that has a beard festival. And it's all these like these like hardy yokels who are who are throwing him in jail for not wearing a beard because that's the law for one day of the year. And it's a crazy moment. Anyway. Does, does it's a, that it's a influence movie. the plot at all? Does he like learn something in jail that that pushes the plot or is that just like a uh, random nope, comedy just kind, scene just kind of an obstacle to get to stop him. sure <laughs> it's, it's comedy at, at a point in the movie where, that it where there should not be comedy so it's almost nightmarish that like the character is so on the run that he has ended up in the wrong kind of movie and he's like uh i don't understand <laughs> what i'm supposed to be doing here uh but anyway yeah crisscross uh the musicians of course always had a special place in my heart because they didn't know how to put their clothes on <laughs> Um, so I, I actually have a momentous occasion this week, and we're going to get into our segment here, Momentous Occasions, and I thought about, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I thought about calling this in as an overseen to our friends at Stop Podcasting Yourself. Oh man, don't give them, don't give them all the good content. You gotta save it. Save that co for your own show. And that's the thing. So I love Dave and Graham, and I love Stop Podcasting Yourself. But I, I also kind of thought to myself, well, fuck them. You know, I'm not doing anything else in my life. I don't have any anecdotes. You know, that- yeah, they get to live. They get to live that. They get to live in that country that's doing better than ours. <laughs> that's really fucking whipping our ass up there. Yeah, I was like, I can't go on Jordan Jesse Go and tell a funny story about how hard it is to care for your children's special needs when you can't get anyone to show up in person. Uh, so I was like, I, this is what I mean, you could, but it would be hard. Yeah, that would, would be a real be, challenge. It would be a, it would be a tough one. Um, it's hard to turn that into a Lake Wobegon. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, but I, uh, it's like a little song about biscuits or something at the end. <laughs> this week, 
<laughs> sort of, sort of a, uh, I mean, Garrison Keillor, of course, it turned out a terrible person. But if he if he did a segment where it was like a, a really sad story where he's like crying at the end, but he's still got to sing that biscuit song afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went up to my I went up to my cabin for a little mental health break. I was pretty worn down, and thank God, Uncle Danny, my wife's brother, came down from the Bay Area to stay with us for a week. And I helped take care of the kids. And my wife said, why don't you go up to the cabin for a few days and, and take a break? And I, was, I said, great. And uh, on my way up there, I, I stopped at my favorite Arco. I mean, I'm sure you guys have favorite Arcos as well. I mean, I got, I, listen, I got an Arco, but uh, don't tell her that I got a little shell station on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and then my lovely lady, Sinclair. <laughs> Got them all over town, boys. I got them all over town. <laughs> Every corner. Let me say yeah. this about the Arco. I'm never, never afraid to say yes to paying that extra 35 cents for using my debit card. It's just how I roll. Profligate as fuck. P-A-F. <laughs> so I like to stop at this Arco that is on the way. It's in Bakersfield, California. And it's on the way to my cabin, and it's just just as the road leaves Bakersfield and enters an endless series of uh, oil derricks and uh, and orange trees uh, that goes on for about ninety minutes. Uh, the the freeway just turns into a, a you know a, a narrow nothing burger for a long time. But right before that, there's a really cheap Arco. I like to stop for gas, and you know what? Maybe I'll get some sour cherry balls too. Great gas station snack. Yeah. So I stopped there, and um, it's a pretty sizable gas station. You know, there's probably nine pumps, three sets of three, I'm going to say. And catty corner from me, directly in my line of sight, but on the other side of the, uh, on the, other side of the pumps and uh, a, a little further ahead of me, was a woman getting out of her car. And you know how sometimes you stop at the gas station and that's your chance to clear the trash out of your car? You just dump it there in the in the trash can that's on the island? It's a great place to get rid of car trash. Because, yeah, cause it's, it's, yeah, it is. It's great. It's, the great. it's a great place to get rid of car trash. I like, I love that you were about to explain why you're about to go into the points of it. And it's like, mm, a place where you can drive your car up to a trash can and just sit there and clean all your trash out. It is a great place to put the, take the trash from your car and throw it away. No to, explanation necessary. I have been self-conscious lately about people I know seeing me cleaning out my car trash. I think... Listen, I'm 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 not a man who looks cool often. I it's I I've never taken a good picture of myself. I move awkwardly throughout the world, but I feel like I am at my most gelatinous when I have an armload of car trash. When I have like three <laughs> kind bar wrappers and and. Five Target Good and Gather seltzer cans. I I think I I feel like a monstrous bell ringer when I am carrying car trash. Have you and ever had I, the thing where you where you stop and you open up your car and just like three or four half empty water bottles fall out? Yeah, onto the ground. It and feels like, it feels terrible. <laughs> yeah, you really feel like your life is a mess and that it's gotten away from you. And I yeah. I will sometimes clean out my car trash at like at the public pool um, before my, like, swim team, and, like... You just toss my... them in there, or...? <laughs> yeah, just toss them in the pool. No, I am so... This is why pools have filters, you say, as you throw candy I'm... bars, half-eaten hamburgers, 
Soda cans. I am so like because because of how generally good looking everybody on the swim team is. I am so afraid of one of them seeing me dragging my car trash, my Target bag full of wrappers out of the car. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's why I love to do it at the gas station. Uh, fewer little little chance somebody you know will see you. So there is a move that you have to do when you're climbing out of the car if you're. So the the simplest way to get rid of the trash is going to be you get out of the car, you put the pump in, you start pumping, and then you go, you circle back, and you gather your trash and throw it away while the gas pumps. Yeah, it's a good use of time. This woman was doing an advanced move, which is where you climb out while holding the trash in one of your hands. But it was a sizable trash, and it, for a moment, I couldn't see what it was. And then it was kind of like... My eyes did a focusing double take, like wee, 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 like in and out with the camera lens. Like, is that what I think it is? And what she was lifting as she was climbing out of her car to go pump her gas was the bottom part of a clamshell packaging, the plastic clamshell packaging, but only the bottom part. And in it was half a rotisserie chicken carcass. <laughs> like significant wow. meat on the bone <laughs> no lid so she had to hold it waiter style as she climbed out just just much but not most of a rotisserie chicken huh wow so what you're telling me is that this woman is well, this woman is living my dream of being able to drive while just tearing chicken meat <laughs> off of a chicken carcass and stuffing it in my mouth while I drive. I presume she had like a dashboard mount for it. She must, because it's not going to fit on top. If it's on top of a cup holder, it's going to slide right off the first time you have to peel out to get away from some bikers that are mad at you. What, Elliot, 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 the, the first rule of chicken in the car is that the cup holder, that's where you're putting your sides. That's where you're putting <laughs> your true. coleslaw, your yeah, baked your beans. Potato salad. Yeah, your potato salad. We'll eat with your hands because you can't You have a fork in a car. That's crazy. Or a spork even. But that, like, you'd have to have some sort of tray on the dashboard. And then you'd have to, what, secure it with clips of some kind, like a carabiner or, you know, like like a baby changing table. I imagine this is what it's like. It's like a, one of those fold-down baby changing tables in a public bathroom. That's on our dashboard. But it's the length, not of a child, but of a chicken plus container. Right. And she can just kind of hook the chicken, belt the chicken in. That's probably the meat she didn't eat was where the was where the belt was over. And because you don't want to eat the belt meat, that's gross. The belt, of course, you can detach from the car so you can launder it because sure. it gets pretty greasy. But and that she would just, I guess you got to steer with one hand and just grab the pull the chicken with the other because you don't want to get the chicken grease on your on your steering wheel because again, how are you going to steer real fast so you can get away from those bikers who are so mad at you if the wheel is slipping through your hands because it's so covered in chicken grease. So, <laughs> wait, why is, so wait, have there been bikers this whole time? Did I just get that part of the story? Uh, I mentioned them once before. but Okay, it's, sorry, it's, sorry. It's, it's, I, a, I need it's to, a common I, experience. It's a common experience that bikers get mad. Hey, Hey, what do you think? What do you think you're doing, dude? And then right. you, something it, uh, it escalates the part where you have to peel out and get out of there fast. You scuffed, and, you scuffed my Harley. They'll say, yeah, yeah, exactly. My yeah. hog. Uh, you scuffed you're, my you're, hog. 
bikers aren't afraid to use rough language like "What are you doing, dude?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the and the only the of course the only strong point is that with the bikers behind you, that someone between you and the federal agents who are already chasing you and the alien that's in your back seat, it's the alien in the back seat who, of course, inadvertently insulted the bikers while trying to befriend them, right. and that's why you got to get out of there fast because you already again have an extraterrestrial life form who, though cute, does not understand human mores and is just pissing off bikers left and right but at the same time you've got this chicken on the dash that you're just right. just pulling from at will and i guess that's i mean certainly if i'm driving i'm not going to be able to to de-meat a chicken the way that i can when i'm sitting at a stable table which is what i call a table that's not in a car and just sits there and doesn't move mm-hmm. uh this is and when i'm in a mobile table a car uh i'm not going to be able to like again really go at it with the meat because you guys i think have both seen me eat chicken you know that i just demolish it and it's just like you know heathcliff jordan do you think we'll ever be able to introduce our legislation (laughs) (laughs) no elliot's elliot's gonna (laughs) filibuster till his throat is sore which reminds me of a story one of my constituents told me the other day. Uh, that involved oh no, the phone book. Oh no, uh, he's, dab- me... he's dabbing his forehead with a handkerchief. That means he's going to be at it for another four hours. <laughs> what you fellas don't know is that I wore a diaper to the session today, so I can go as long as anybody here. Uh, so anyway, uh, wait. So what, Elliot? Is that your other character, Congressional Baby? <laughs> now that's the thing. Congressional Baby's secret is he's always wearing a diaper. I'm filibustering. He's, he has two secrets. One, I'm always wearing a diaper, so I can always filibuster. And also, I've been accepting a wad of money from a certain chemical company that I've been arranging <laughs> tax breaks for. And also, fast-tracking a few uh, regulation permissions for them to build plants next to schools. Oh, legislative so. fast-tracking? <laughs> uh but so, uh, did you guys have something else you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I want to finish my, my anecdote, if it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. I thought that was it. I thought you saw this woman carrying a chicken, and that was the full, that was the full dote. No, so... I will, I will say that the, that the, I think the cinema of our childhood, the TV and cinema of our childhood, really, really misrepresented how often you're going to run into a biker gang. <laughs> Uh, since in my, in my life, I think it's been zero times. No, that's not true. Well, run, how would you explain run in witnessing? Would that count or just like uh, you know, just like running afoul, like having to avoid them? Yeah, it was I just zero I times. thought that was yeah. just like the main problem with adulthood. <laughs> Biker gangs and quicksand, two things you yeah. rarely ever see out there. Anyway, <laughs> to say nothing of rodents of unusual size. <laughs> so. I went into the I went into the Arco. One of the nice things about this Arco, besides that they sell uh, five dollar baseball caps if you need a baseball cap, is they got a nice clean restroom. So it's a perfect place. Wait, I, sorry, if, sorry, if I could stop for a moment. What are those, what's on the baseball cap? Sports Eat logos, nature. baby. <laughs> oh, okay. So they are sports logos. It's not like Arco caps, or it's not like Russian professional teams. Honestly, I would love to I would love to buy an Arco branded baseball cap. That's my that's my level of brand loyalty to discount gasoline. This is this is from the Reykjavik Cranes. <laughs> what sport so, is this? So I went in I went in, I I did my dirty business like it was Elliot Kalen's pool and you took a shit in the Arco? Yeah. <laughs> Is that and, what you're talking about? And I I came out, and as I came out, I noticed that not only was this woman still there, 
but she was climbing out of her car again. And in one of her hands, she had just some regular garbage, just some wadded up trash paper. In the other hand, also headed for the trash can, a two and a half foot long red, white, and blue snorkel. <laughs> well, I mean, a snorkel, listen. a big snorkel. I mean, it seems like this woman was just, you know, unloading her car from the best weekend ever. <laughs> now, my, was she throwing out the snorkel? Yeah, the snorkel was going in the trash. And I thought about... Because must must be nice. Must be nice to treat snorkels as disposable. I thought Ooh, about dumpster right. diving just to get myself that snorkel, but I had not brought my snorkel. You gotta, hey, you gotta, gotta wear a snorkel to get a snorkel. That's what my dad always said. <laughs> That's the old saying. Before, before he drowned. <laughs> takes a snorkel to, to make a takes snorkel. Takes a snorkel to make a snorkel, yeah. When you have the best week ever, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN for our segment, Momentous Occasions. And I did say best week ever, not best weekend ever, which is what Jordan said, because I'm looking to get a call from Nick Kroll. I'm looking to get a call from Frangela. Sure. I'm looking Doug to get Benson, a call from Paul all the others, <laughs> All the other talking heads from VH1's Golden Era. Michael Ian mm-hmm. Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take one such call. Hey, Jordan. Jesse and guest will go with Nick Weiger. Uh, This is Andy from Denver, and I'm calling in with a momentous occasion. Uh, I just started taking my first drive away from my house to run some errands, all dressed as a woman. Um, And when my car started automatically playing the latest JJ Go episode, I really got the feeling that one day soon this will be normal for me. Um, And it was pretty fucking cool. So, thanks. Love you guys. Um, hope it's a great episode. <laughs> hey, caller. Thanks so much. And, um, yeah, we're just sorry this hasn't been a great episode. <laughs> we really, we thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's, it's, it's truly amazing. It's heartwarming. And we're just, we're sorry we ate shit on this one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we can be honest. It's Elliot's fault. I, can't, I couldn't help taking it personally. I mean, I feel like if if you had let me get into hour two of my driving while eating chicken story, I think maybe we would have been somewhere. But true, you know, it was cut, yeah, it was cut our down fault. to my prime. We were too yeah. we were too cowardly. We were too cowardly to let the director's cut of Elliot's story see the light of day. You know what that was? This is like adding adding on the uh, adding on the uh, voiceover to Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. This this was it was imagine the scene in Braveheart where he's like, "Hold, hold. You're the guys who just broke formation and ran up against the 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 king's army." You're and right. I'm like, "Guys, come on. You just had to wait a little bit longer and it all would have gone somewhere probably," he said, knowing it was never really going to go anywhere. But <laughs> that it could have kept going places. All right, Brian, the next time uh, Elliot uh, starts on a riff, just uh, in our ears, just uh, say, hold, <laughs> hold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I apologize. I haven't bring, been bringing my A game because I did uh, waste my A game 
uh, spending an hour and a half today playing Pokemon with my son because after months of his being obsessed with the cards, today was the day we finally learned how to play the game Pokemon. Oh my gosh, you're ahead of me, buddy. Let me tell you, that game takes a long time to play, especially when, if you're like my son, the the goal for him is not to win the game so much as to prolong it as long as possible. It's, he's kind of a tantric Pokemon guy. He's very, like, staying that way. <laughs> and so I was sitting there being like, you could have won 40 minutes ago. Why are you doing everything except knock out my last Pokemon? He just, wants a, toy, I, just wants a toy with you, like a cat mm-hmm. batting around a mouse. Yeah, or he's like Sting like, fucking I'm, a Pokemon. He's sure. like, I knew you wanted to you meant to make some progress in that Frederick Douglass biography you were reading while your younger son was napping, and I decided I'm not gonna let that happen. You're gonna play Pokemon all nap. So So I apologize. I'm still tired from that. Elliot, should I teach my children to play the Pokemons or should I just can- let them continue to just yell at each other about the cards they have? I mean, if they're enjoying that, why not? Go for it. Uh you know, if the if they know how to play, then uh, you have two children of Pokemon age, so you could they could play each other and you could just uh, absent yourself from the situation, mm. uh, which I can't do. But it really is, you know, when you get down to it, it really is a game about monsters fighting each other. And, uh, you know, if that's something they like, then they could easily make up their own rules because it's just, most of the fun is just watch, looking at the, the pictures and then reading the crazy uh, character text that's at the bottom. There's, uh, there's one character... One Pokemon monster who wears his mother's skull uh, so that no one can see his face because he's crying. And I was like, what was going on the Whoa, day they wrote this character? Hold on, really? <laughs> there are some very dark Jeez. Pokemon character texts. Uh, that's perhaps the dark. There's another one where it's like, so-and-so is, is very spiky, so he always hurts himself. And I'm like, ah, wow, okay. I am now 1,000% more interested in Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's a it's a... It's a real, uh, it's a it's a real uh, melancholy world. The one the Pokemon's. It should, it should have been called Pokemon. Pokemon. In co- no, it doesn't work. Never mind. I can't combine the words Pokemon and melancholy. Sorry, caller. You're right. This is <laughs> this, this is worst episode ever. I apologize, <laughs> Elliot. I I was raised in the Episcopalian tradition. You, you were raised among the chosen people. Is there anything that the Jewish people do to acknowledge the time when a child comes to be of Pokemon playing age? Yeah, it's, well, that's that's called a, that's called a poke mitzvah, and <laughs> it happens is it's when you turn six and a half, uh-huh. and of course, uh, at, most people have heard of bar mitzvahs. It's a similar thing. You get up upon the bima. You're not expected to know Hebrew, so instead you have to recite uh, the energies that are needed for a specific. So here's the thing: a lot of people don't know about Judaism is much as we read the Torah all throughout the year, and so there's a Torah portion. Hold. <laughs> <laughs> There's also, we also cycle through the Pokemon deck every year, which is harder every year because they keep making more of these damn cards. And so uh, there's a different Pokemon for each, there's different festivals for the different characters. And so you read the, you've memorized the text and the energy attacks that go with your specific Pokemon. You give a speech about how that's like something you did at camp and a lesson you learned from it. And then people give you shockingly small checks uh, when everyone told you you were going to make a lot of money, and but there's no party. That's the main difference between that and a bar mitzvah. And you're not considered a you're not a man or a woman yet, but you are considered uh, you're old enough Brian, to be an annoyance. Play another call now. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I need to. I I have an, another Judaism question for Elliot. What's a right here? What's a Tekken bris? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that's. 
That's when you have a uh, polygonal fighter kick the foreskin off of, a, <laughs> <laughs> off of a, an eight-year-old Boom, male right baby. in the foreskin. <laughs> Ring out. I think that's virtual. That's, that's, that's a Tekken Briss and Mortal Kombat Briss is when they go, circumcise him. <laughs> Scorpion throws a spear, which snags the foreskin, then says, flawless Briss. Get over here into, a, into the Jewish tradition, into a proud, fine tradition. Get over here into it. Get over here into your covenant with the God of Moses. <laughs> Oh, oh call it. Hey, caller. <laughs> hey, caller. We've pulled it out of the tailspin. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, yep, that's Mortal Kosher. That's the new. That's, if, if, if ever there was a video game that would uh, interest my my family, since uh, judging by the things they forward me, they like two things. They like Jewish related comedy, where something that is not Jewish is made to sound Jewish. Yep. And they like song parodies about politics that are not very good, but where the uh, a picture of a famous politician is seen, it looks like they're singing the song jib-jab style with the mouth right. flapping up and down. Uh-huh. Sure. My, my dad sends me a lot of those. Uh, Brian, you want to play that call now? Hi, Jordan, Jesse Go. This is Pete from New York uh, celebrating a momentous occasion. On Friday, I celebrated 18 months of sobriety. And uh, that's pretty big for me because I was uh, I was such a bad alcoholic and used to drink so much vodka that I actually had my bones start disintegrating. And in my 30s, uh, in January, I just had to have a hip replacement because the alcohol ate through my bones. Love the show. Yeah, Pete, you rule. One day at a time, buddy. Let's Take that, bones. bones. <laughs> that is amazing. Boy, yeah, I've what a time. Heard to, of that. Yeah, what a time to be uh, getting sober, too. I bet, like, you know, you know, Pete's going through his sobriety. He's like, okay, yeah, one day at a time. Making it, making it. Ah, fuck, pandemic. Shit, fuck. <laughs> I heard from a couple people. Um, I heard from a couple people who, uh, after after I talked about my dad passing away on this show, who had gotten sober um, and were staying sober, and and often uh, like uh, well, at least one of them was a was a parent and a dad, and. Uh, I just want to say that how how much I admire every single one of you, Jordan Jesse Go listeners, uh, who has gotten sober and stayed sober. Um, obviously, I don't. I'm not some. I'm not opposed to people drinking alcohol, though I don't drink it myself. But um, I I know from my own experience with with my dad and um, uh, what a difference it can make in somebody's life who is an alcoholic uh, when they get when they get clean and sober and it's, it's never easy. It's a, it takes a lot of hard work, um, a lot of commitment. Um, but every time I hear from somebody like that, it just really warms my heart. And I think of, uh, I think of what my dad did for me and my brothers and, um, uh, and, uh, my stepmother. And, uh, I, I think about, I think about what a, what a wonderful thing these people are doing for the other people in their lives and for themselves. So, uh, congratulations to all all the clean and sober uh, recovery people out there in in Jordan Jesse Go listening land. Uh, are we tip our caps to you, especially when the world is burning down around us? Um, uh, it's it, it, one day at a time, gang. Uh, 
the things you can control and et cetera, et cetera, serenity prayer. Much respect to you. Uh, I, I agree and support everything that you just said at the risk of it sounding like I'm undercutting it at all. Uh, my I am so recently, wasted right now. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mother-in-law just recently within the past two weeks had a hip replacement and I now wonder if I should be worried about her uh, if the reason she gave for needing a new hip was not the one we were led to believe. Oh, wow. Looks like, looks like I've got a mystery to solve on <laughs> Elliot Kalin, Family Problems Detective. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot Kalin, colon, Family Problems Detective? Is that- yes, a lot okay. of the family problems do involve colons because we have a lot of digestive issues oh, in, yeah. in my family. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have a momentous occasion for us, 206-984-4FUN is the telephone number, or jjgo at maximumfun.org. And I'm going to be honest, you know, people aren't leaving the house right now, so you got a real good shot at getting on. So, <laughs> like, if you just see a weird bird, give us a call. Take a stab at it, you know what I mean? <laughs> if you catch a couple minutes of Taken on FX, yeah. call us and tell us which couple minutes it was. <laughs> I will. Speaking of birds, uh, this will be a short ramble. Uh, the, the, uh, my, so my son took a sort of a, a nature camp over Zoom, uh, which he enjoyed a lot. But one of the activities they had, which we did, was you take was making a toilet paper roll bird feeder. You just roll it in peanut butter and bird seed, and we put it up on our tree outside of our house. And my wife pointed out today that it has been picked clean. And we looked at it, and there was no food left on it. And I don't know that I've—I don't know how he felt, my son. He kind of shrugged it off. I've never felt such a sense of accomplishment <laughs> as having the validation that this toilet paper roll covered in peanut butter and birdseed was noticed by animals in the neighborhood and accepted and used in the manner originally intended. <laughs> and with such a success rate, like if I was on Top Chef and they were like, this is the greatest taste, the greatest food I've ever had, and now— uh, Tom Colicchio is going to commit Harry Curie because he'll know he'll never cook anything as good as what you just did. I would be like, hmm, not as satisfying as knowing that the animals, that nature enjoyed this this bird feeder that we put together. So that's pretty momentous. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Elliot. We'll be it's back beautiful. in just really a second <laughs> on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> it's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. This week, as every week, Jordan Jesse Go is brought to you by the members of Maximum Fun, particularly this week since it's Max Fun Drive time. If you're not already a member, you can go to maximumfun.org/slash/join to become a member. We're also brought to you this week by the good folks at Sunbasket. Listen, here's something we're all trying to do: support Reduce- our friend Tyler from college who founded <laughs> Sunbasket. <laughs> Uh, we all want to support Tyler. He was a, a great guy. Um, still is by lot. some accounts. <laughs> still is. Uh, we want to support Tyler and we also want to reduce unnecessary trips out and try and avoid going to grocery stores. Uh, listen, going out, it's, it, it's more of a hassle now than it's ever been. It's a little bit dangerous. Don't you wish you could get great meals delivered right to your house? Yeah, I I eat these uh, I eat these hoisin stri- steak strip lettuce cups with pickled daikon and carrots. I enjoyed. Ma- I had not made a quick pickle before, 
when I made hey, quick pickles pickle. for this tasty for this tasty uh, for this tasty little treat, and I enjoyed it very much, very much, hey. Jordan. What I like about the Sun Basket is that they're focused on uh, fresh, healthy, uh, responsible, clean, tasty food. Like they are, they have a very holistic approach to all of their stuff. They have incredibly ingenious recyclable packaging they have you know it's 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 a really great thing top to bottom the recipes the quality of the ingredients uh, i've really enjoyed getting it you can enjoy a dinner full of fresh organic produce clean ingredients as little as 15 minutes no matter how ex- much experience you have in the kitchen uh jesse you mentioned the hoisin steak strip lettuce cups uh, you can also get roasted salmon with miso glazed eggplant black bean tostadas diablo with cabbage slaw and guacamole uh, a lot of great stuff there on sun basket if you're sick uh, of everything you know how to cook as i am right now <laughs> Go to sunbasket.com slash JJGo, and if you enter promo code JJGo, you get $35 off your order. 35 bucks off. It's a bargain, too. Yeah, that's sunbasket.com slash JJGo, and enter the promo code JJGo at checkout for $35 off your order. sunbasket.com slash JJGo, and enter the promo code JJGo. We are also brought to you this week by our friends at Vote. The podcast. By the way, this is actually, I say our friends at, this is another, uh, this is another operation that is actually uh, run by friends of ours. Uh, Julia Smith, who used to be the producer of Bullseye and Judge John Hodgman, uh, and a very longstanding pal of Maximum Fun, is the producer of this really cool new podcast about voting and voting rights in the United States. Uh, Yeah, if you feel like the world is in flames right now and you've asked yourself how, as Americans, we will manage to get out and vote in November, great question. It's one of many important questions that will be answered on a new limited series podcast produced by Vote.org and Spread the Vote. It's a podcast called Vote. As Jordan Uh, Jesse Go listeners know, I worked for many months in a dark warehouse deep underneath San Francisco's Civic Civic Center Plaza. Uh, working for the Department of Elections in San Francisco, I couldn't care more about uh, voting rights and making sure that people have access to the vote and that their votes are fairly counted because I was sitting there with ballots going 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, counting ballots to make sure that the that the elections in San Francisco were fair. And what I found was that they usually were. And uh, I was really I was really heartened by that experience. I also liked going to walking over to the tenderloin, you could get a bon me for a dollar seventy five or two twenty five if you if you wanted pate on it. Uh, the host of this show, Kat and Andrea, are voting experts, and they are inviting some of their favorite activists, celebrities, and voting right crushes to help them answer your biggest questions about voting. People like Stacey Abrams, LeVar Burton, and Bradley Whitford, a guy who used to work in the White House on TV. Who's your voting rights crush? <sighs> oh, boy. I mean, don't make me choose between Stacey Abrams and LeVar Burton, two of the guests are, who are going to be on this podcast. Can I tell you who mine is? Who is it? Well, I thought we were dating. It turned out we were just hanging. Yeah. Of course, I'm talking about Chad. <laughs> right. Hanging Chad. You guys uh, met in Florida, <laughs> right? You guys met in Florida. <laughs> Timely topical jokes. 
Vote the Podcast, available now. Subscribe to Vote the Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search for Vote. Let's get back to the show. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ellie Kalen, grown-up baba. (laughs) Sorry, regressing further. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Look, (laughs) developmentally speaking, this this lockdown has been really tough on all our kids. Not least of which, (laughs) Ellie and Kalen, grown-up baba. (laughs) (laughs) I was a grown-up baby. I think I may have to remove the grown-up part of it by the end of the show. My three-year-old's been throwing toys a lot. My six-year-old is completely attached to my wife. And Elliot Kalen uh, is losing words. Tell me about it. My, my, uh, my, my, and my son, he's like, yeah, we should watch all the Marx Brothers movies in chronological order again. And I'm like, we did that when you were four. And we're going to do it again? Obviously, I'm happy to, but it makes me worry if he's now interested in the things he was interested in when he was four, which was essentially... Uh, everything I was interested in because he didn't have his own tastes yet. So actually, this could work out pretty well for me. <laughs> um, we want to thank everybody who's become a Max Fund member in this drive, everybody who is already a Maximum Fund member, everybody who's upgraded their membership. Uh, we couldn't do this without you in a very, very literal sense. I'm I'm so grateful to that, that we work for you. I'm so grateful that... Uh, in these in these tough times, we've had stable ground to stand on because of all the folks who've stood with Maximum Fun and supported our work. And uh, so, thank you very, very, very much to everybody. Yeah, it's totally awesome. You are the reason this show is around. The people who donate, you are the reason uh, that it's around. Full stop. It's uh, yeah. This is you're the reason that it comes to you every week. You're the reason that we. Uh, you know, <laughs> rally and make one even when uh, it, it it doesn't, we're not naturally inclined to goof around that week. Um, yeah, you, uh, you're the reason that the show comes and, uh, and yeah, and we, we love doing it. So yeah, we, uh, we, huge, huge thanks to everybody who's going to MaximumFun.org slash join. Uh, this is your show and uh, we're glad you like it. If you're not able to right now, we understand and we want zero people to feel bad about the Max Fund Drive this year. If you are able to and you haven't yet, it's easy. There are levels from $5 a month on up, and they all come with great thank you gifts and prizes. All you have to do is go to MaximumFun.org slash join. That's MaximumFun.org slash join. If you're not already a Flophouse listener, you (laughs) should be one. I am one. I listen to every episode. I was introduced to it by my friend Jordan Morris. Uh, it is one of my favorite podcasts in the world and has been a great comfort for me in these dark times. Um, I would say second only to the use of Elliot's pool on the list of comforts to me in these dark <laughs> times. I would say number one, the pool, because it's got that dinosaur thing in it. And then number two, the flop house. And then number three, I got to say, I bought seasons one and two of News Radio on DVD. So that's the top three. <laughs> mm-hmm. those, are all, those are all great. I'm glad I can take credit for two of the top three. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that you played the handyman on News Radio, right? <laughs> uh, that's actually Joe Rogan. Uh, is who you're thinking of. Uh, he is also a podcaster. Yeah, the, own, uh, the only podcaster more famous than Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it goes, Joe it Rogan, Elliot, Oprah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, now that Michelle Obama has is starting a podcast, it goes Joe Rogan, me, Michelle Obama, Oprah. Oh, right, and then, yeah. And then Conan O'Brien, but only because he's he's leading the podcast revolution. Sure. So, uh, we thank him. We thank Conan. Conan, we, I know earlier we said that the, uh, the, the donors are the reason that we're here. Uh, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez is our producer. You can find us on social media at Jesse Thorne at Jordan underscore Morris on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Maximum Fun uh, or searching for the Jordan Jesse Go page and choosing like. Uh, Elliot Kalin has been our guest and our pal. Thanks, Elliot. You're the best. Oh, thanks. You guys are the best. And I just say to all your listeners, if you haven't tried Jordan Jesse Go, it's a great podcast and super funny. And uh, you should you should give it a listen. If you're not a Jordan Jesse Go listener. You should be listening to it, because it's great. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse, Go. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.